today on Hands-On Photography. I got my hands on a nice new camera from the folks at Canon. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm not going to show it to you right now. You're going to have to stay tuned to watch. <laughs> Just go watch. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This episode of Hands-On Photography is brought to you by Nareva. Nareva has simplified everything about meetings and classroom audio. You get great audio and systems that are easy to install and manage. Visit Nareva.com slash twit and get 50% off one Nareva HDL 300 system for mid-sized rooms when you get a live online demo and buy before December 16th, 2022. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Hands-On Photography here on Twit. Hope y'all are doing well. I'm unbelievable, as always. Today, I wanted to take a look at a camera that was sent to me from the fine folks at Canon. Thank you, Canon. No, I love y'all. Um, but I wanted to take a look at this camera and let you know my thoughts and let, um, let you know if um, this is something that you might want to get your hands on if you're a budding photographer or if it's something, you know, you want to try to upgrade from your previous DSLR systems. And what I'm talking about is the Canon R7. This is one of their latest mirrorless bodies. Now, Canon has been in the mirrorless body uh, world for quite some time now. And, you know, started out with the R and then moved into the RP and all the way up to what we have now with the R5, R5C and the R3. All about, you know, all the way up from the beginner bodies down uh, up to the professional grade bodies at the R3. And this body here, this isn't necessarily the beginner body, um, but it's just a step above that. Not necessarily a pro, not necessarily a beginner, but just a step above that. This is the R7. If you're an old head like me regarding the DSLRs, you can think about comparing this camera to the old Canon 7D. Okay, so this was an APS-C crop sensor uh, with a decent megapixel count. But we'll get into that momentarily. Uh, the body of this, let me show it to you real quick here on my screen. The body of it again, it's it's an APS-C, so it's not necessarily a huge camera. So it's small, you know, small and it's mirrorless. So it's even smaller being a mirrorless body. Uh, for me, that's something... Uh, I'm sort of iffy on it, but I give them credit. The grip on the right hand side of it does feel really, really good to be a mirrorless body because it's actually big enough for my large hands. But the rest of it, it definitely feels a bit tiny and compact. Not necessarily my my jam, but for most people, they probably enjoy this camera. OK, quickly give you some tech specs on this one. As previously mentioned, this is an APS-C crop sensor camera, mirrorless. It comes with a 32 megapixel sensor. It's going to allow you to shoot 15 frames per second in burst mode. That's a, with the mechanical shutter engaged. But if you want to go with the silent shutter, uh, you can get up to 30 frames per second if you're shooting in burst mode. You're going to be able to shoot video uh, up to 4K, 60 frames per second. But there's a couple caveats there. I'll discuss more of those caveats momentarily. And you get a super high ISO uh, capability on this up to 32,000. I got to tell you, don't shoot at ISO 32,000. Grab yourself some lights. I don't care if it's just grabbing a, a shop light. 
don't shoot at ISO 32,000, please, please. Again, the tech specs on this thing is, is quite nice, and it's definitely an upgrade uh, from the previous uh, camera bodies from Canon. Again, you get much improved processing because it has a Digicat processor that's found in the previous models, pro-grade cameras. So that's going to also give you a little bit faster autofocus capability as well. So again, on paper, this is a pretty good piece of kit here. Now, before we get into, you know, some of my thoughts on image quality and video capability and so forth, I want to take a few minutes to thank this week's sponsor, the fine folks at Nareva. This episode of Hands-On Photography is brought to you by Nareva. Today's IT pros are in a tough spot. The shift to hybrid work and learning means they must equip and support more spaces with audio and video conferencing systems. And at the same time, they're busier than ever with network security, the shift to cloud-based systems, infrastructure issues, and more. These factors, along with product shortages and delays, have put an unprecedented strain on IT resources. You know, people, time, expertise, and the budgets. This has driven customers to demand intelligent products that require minimal effort from IT to deploy and manage at scale, with the bonus of requiring zero end-user training. Oh boy, there and there's that. <laughs> when it comes to audio conferencing in larger spaces, it's common to be faced with multi-component systems that are complicated, costly to design, costly to install, costly to maintain and manage. Nareva is changing that by offering solutions that deliver a high level of simplicity. With Nareva, you get true four-room mic pickup from just one or two microphone and speaker bars. Compare that to the complicated maze of mics and, and speakers that's all mixed up with amps and DSPs and switches and a bunch of other components in traditional systems. This, this is a much better solution. You can install a Nureva system in most spaces in about half an hour. Uh, now, for the larger spaces, yeah, it's probably going to take you about an hour. But either way, it's really, really simple. There's no special expertise needed for these. Compare that to the installations for the traditional systems where you got people running around with cables and trying to get everything lined up and nailed down. And uh, then your room is going to be offline because everybody's trying to get this stuff set up. And then you have to have some sort of complicated software just to use it. No, just, that's a no go. Nope. With Nareva, you can monitor, manage, update, and adjust all your Nareva systems from a powerful cloud-based platform called Nareva Console. Nareva is very scalable for large organizations, and their systems cost a fraction of the traditional systems. And now you can get 50% off one Nareva HDL 300 system for mid-sized rooms when you get a live online demo and buy before December 16, 2022. That's pretty soon if, if you're listening to this right now. Visit Nareva.com slash twit. That's N-U-R-E-V-A dot com slash twit. And I appreciate Nareva for supporting hands-on photography. Okay, so I've only had this for a limited amount of time. Uh, and unfortunately, during that limited amount of time, the weather has been pretty craptastic and not allowing me to get out and shoot as often as I'd like to. So I was able to shoot. I shot one football game with it and I tried to just sort of dink around with shooting some things around the house. But none of those shots were really quite compelling. And I didn't think they... Uh, 
really showed off the the prowess of this particular camera body. Now, the the football game, yes, the, that is a direct comparison because a lot of folks that are getting started and wanting to get into sports photography, the first thing they do is go to the local high school and start shooting some of the sports. And shooting something like a high school football game is going to have a lot of uh, limitations on it. Uh, your access as far as where you can stand and where you can actually get to shoot. And then the shooting conditions. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but high schools don't necessarily have the best lighting situations when it comes to their sports. Yes, they have those big field lights out there, but they're not like going to your local NFL or or big college stadium that has these massive, massive lights. So you're dealing with an issue there. But that doesn't mean you can't shoot with this Canon R7. Okay, so when I shot with the R7 in a particular game, I did notice that, yes, the autofocus on this is quite nice. It is faster than expected to be, you know, the type of grade that this camera body is. Um, And the image quality looked okay. It was it was all right. You know, yes, it says it's supposed to be 32 megapixels. Um, Hmm. All right. Yes, I'm going to gripe about the 32 megapixels, because if we go back to one of my previous episodes, when I talked about the iPhone and all of its massive megapixel counts, again, we're dealing with a sensor size. We're dealing with a much smaller sensor. We're not dealing with a four frame sensor, which is what I'm used to shooting on. So that 32 megapixels is not necessarily going to look the same as it would on a four frame sensor because the pixel size and density. But that's okay. The images look fine. They're not like outstanding great but they definitely look fine for shooting uh the sports in those low light situations i did get some noise on it which is expected small sensor and then you have um low light issues so yeah i i got a lot of noise on these images but uh i know when i shoot for a frame i don't get as much noise that that i got on this particular canon r7 body I enjoyed shooting with it because it's fast. It is really, really fast to be uh, a, a, you know, sort of a upper lower tier camera from a professional standpoint. Um, But and then it also has the in body stabilization. I'll just say IBIS because I can never get that acronym set out word for word. In body image stabilization. It definitely helps with, you know, locking on to a fast tracking moving subject. Now, if you're going to pan along, you will experience a little bit of what they call rolling shutter because it's not that fast on the image processing standpoint. So if you're trying to chase a car going down a run down a, a, a racetrack or a, a person running down the field or running down the track, you may see a little bit of warping at their feet and arms or something like that uh, just because of the rolling shutters trying to keep up with you moving along the scene. It's not terrible, but you can notice it in certain images. I didn't see it that much in my shots because I didn't have to deal with a lot of panning, but I do know that based on some of the other research that I've done, rolling shutter is a concern. Okay. Now let's take a look at video standpoint on this. You're going to be able to shoot up to uh, 4k and 60 frames per second, but that's when you're shooting in the subsampled version, meaning that it's not utilizing the full sensor. It's, it's, it's um, sort of cropped in, but it still looks okay. Now, if you want to use the oversampled version of 4k, you're able to shoot that up to 30 frames per second. And that looks really, really good. It's basically packing in more and more of that data to give you that resolution on that sensor. And it's, and it's, it's quite nice. It's, 
yeah, it's, it's quite nice, but I'd rather get, get the higher frame rate because of the way I like to shoot and the things that I like to shoot. I shot a little sequence here at the home because again, it's been a lot of rain going on here in Northern California. So I couldn't get out and shoot as much video as I'd like. So I shot a coffee sequence, if you will. And I had a lot of fun with that because again, I get the nice frame rate that I enjoy shooting in. And this allows you to shoot in a log format. We've talked about shooting log on previous episodes of hands-on photography. And this camera allows you to shoot in C-Log 3 with this Canon Cinegamut. And that what that means. Okay, it means that you could shoot and, and have excellent dynamic range when it comes to doing your post-processing and color grading on these particular videos. I had a lot of fun playing around with with different LUTs that I could apply that I could apply to the image and just really pushing the 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 color correction and color grading on this to my taste and just having a little bit of artistic fun, if you will. It's very nice for shooting video. Now if you want to vlog with this one I can't say I can recommend this with vlogging unless you get a wider lens on here. Uh, currently, as we switch to my overhead here, this body comes with a kit lens that is an 18 to 150 millimeter uh, crop sensor lens. So that means this this lens is actually built more so for the APS-C. So it's going to give you a tighter field of view. Um, and when you're shooting with the vlog, you probably need something along the lines of I don't know, maybe 18 millimeters full frame. Now, this is going to be tight, even though it's 18 millimeters. You need to multiply that by 1.5, 1.6 because this is a crop sensor. So that's making it tighter. So this 18 millimeters really isn't 18 millimeters. It's a little bit tighter than what you see here. So if you wanted to get reach and shoot something off in the distance, it's great for that. But the wide angle stuff, eh, not so much. I would highly recommend changing the lens and getting like a full frame lens and something that's a little bit faster. Also with the vlogging, shooting wide on this because of the rolling shutter, you're going to get a little wobbling. So you don't want to shoot too wide with vlogging. I'm not much of a vlogger, but I do notice that the wider it is, you get a bit of a jello effect going on in the background when um dealing with the rolling shutter and the image stabilization, just trying to fight a little bit for you. So make sure you're a little bit tighter. I didn't notice it being an issue with some of the tighter shots that I did here in my testing. Uh, I want to go back to just the, the feel of this thing, you know, again, it's small. There's a couple things that I wish Canon would consider changing on here. First off, let's take a look at the back. These back buttons on the, on here are fine. They allow you to navigate through the Canyon Canon menu system system without a problem. But this little knob up here, that's got the little rolling dial. I had to change it in the, in the custom settings because it's a little bit finicky and a little bit tricky. Uh, I ended up changing this dial to be able to control my aperture because Canon's, for whatever reason, it had it set up to scroll through like the focus points and things like that. And I kept screwing it up. So make sure you take a look at the custom settings in the menu to see if you can get the button layout to work best for you and your shooting style. Now, the top part here, this knob, this on off switch here, that's a problem. I, I flat out don't like this. Why? Because you look, there's there's off, there's on, and then there's this little video icon. Now, if I go to turn this on, what do you think is going to happen? It's probably just going to jump straight to video. Nope, that time it didn't. <laughs> but most of the time when I pick this camera up, every time I clicked it, 
I automatically clicked it into the video mode and I'm like, no, I'm trying to shoot a still, not a video. And it's, it was a little bit of a, a, a new nuisance for me here. And then this top dial here that allows you to go into the different modes. I would bump that from time to time. I like to shoot in manual 99% of the time. And every now and then somehow this thing would get bumped because there's no lock on it. I wish there was some type of lock that allows me to just sit it and forget it. And if I want to change it, I need to push the lock to push it around and switch to different modes. These other buttons, the record button and this, this scroll wheel here, these are great for me and my shooting style. Again, I set these up to work for my particular style of shooting. For me, this this back wheel, I changed it to changing the aperture on the lens. ISO, just hit that button and hit the scroll wheel. And the scroll wheel by itself is just for changing the shutter speed while I'm shooting on the fly. So ergonomically, it's okay. It ain't great, but it's okay. It has this. It also has this uh, autofocus and manual focus button that's dedicated on the body. Ideally, you see that on the lens. I thought that was an interesting move there. I just kept it on autofocus because it's fine. Uh, from an input output, you're going to get two SD card slots, UHS-2. You don't need anything higher than that for this particular camera. And of course, on the other side, you get your tiny, tiny HDMI and micro USB headphone jack and microphone pretty standard nowadays on camera. So not much to write home about on that one. But again, yeah, the feel of this thing, it's it's OK. I like that they put a decent grip on it. I just wish the body was a little bit bigger, but that's just me. I have big hands, so I'm not going to be as comfortable with this device. You probably will, though. Most of you like smaller cameras out there listening to the show. OK, so. All right. What does this thing cost? If you want to get your hands on the Canon R7, you have a couple options. You can get the body only for $14.99 online, or you can get the kit that I have here that has an 18 to 150 millimeter lens on it uh, for $18.99 online. Personally, I would just go and get the body only and opt to get one of their STM lenses. That's not necessarily a kit lens. Those STM lenses are going to be in much better condition, much better glass, and it's going to give you a wider aperture. Uh, so play around with, 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 you know, the different options out there. The 50 millimeter is something I would definitely go with. It's traditionally a lot cleaner and it's fairly inexpensive. So I'll put some links here in the show notes. There'll be affiliate links, of course, and you all can check that out. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episode. To give a shout out to the folks at Canon and my contact there. Thank you so much for the support um, this year. It really has been helpful and it does mean a lot. Uh, thank you to my man, Mr. Victor, for making me look and sound good each and every week. And folks, hey, keep sharing out the show. Keep letting everybody know what's going on here at, at Twit and hands-on photography. Subscribe and whatever podcast application you're using or subscribe on YouTube or just go check out the website twit.tv slash hop at twit.tv slash H-O-P and you'll see all of the subscription options there and all of the previous episodes. Thank you so much for the continued support. Hey, safely create and dominate and I will catch you next time. Hey there, I'm Micah Sargent. Look, as a geek myself, I feel it's only fair if I admit something we can be kind of hard to shop for. So what do you get for that geek in your life who has everything already? Well, a Club Twit gift subscription, of course. Twit podcasts keep them informed and entertained with the most relevant tech news podcasts available. 
With a Club Twit subscription, they're going to get access to all of our podcasts ad-free, exclusive outtakes, behind-the-scenes and special content, and I love this, exclusive shows like my own Hands-On Mac and Hands-On Windows from Paul Therott, as well as the Untitled Linux Show. So purchase your geek's gift at twit.tv slash clubtwit, and they will thank you every day. 